Hello, you're listening to the Smart Women of Business podcast. My name is Jane Mackay from Jane Mackay Communications. And on this show, we talk to smart women in business all over the world about starting, building and creating the life and business of your dreams while having incredibly honest, in-depth and rich conversations with amazing women in business who will inspire you to become a smart woman of business Hello and welcome to the Smart Women in Business vlog and podcast. I'm your host, Jane Mackay from Jane Mackay Communications, marketing consultant and coach who works with women across the world to build the business of their dreams. Today, I have the pleasure of talking to my friend, Jodie Wilmer. Jodie is the co-founder of Happy Changemakers based in East Gippsland, Victoria, Australia. Same as me. Happy Changemakers helps small businesses owners cut through the noise, achieve breakthroughs and take decisive steps towards their business goals without the usual overwhelm. Jody and her business and life partner, Robert Nagy, do this through business planning and mentoring programs. For over 20 years, Jody has worked with changemakers in not-for-profits and social enterprises. And over the past seven years, this has expanded to include not-for-profit businesses with a purpose, oh, sorry, for-profit businesses with a purpose, including an increasing number of small businesses who want to create positive change and recovery recovery and resilience programs for small businesses in regional and rural areas impacted by droughts, bushfires and COVID-19. And we are all of the above, the above in East Gippsland, aren't we, Jodie? That's for sure. It's been a, a massive couple of years out here. So you've had such an interesting career over 20 years. So tell me about your business journey and how you got to where you are right now. Well, firstly, thank you for inviting me on the You're podcast. So I'm an welcome. avid long-term listener. <laughs> um, well, initially my first sort of real job, so to speak, uh, other than working in bookshops, was working for an industry association in the tourism industry. And so I guess that was a funny sort of mix of working for a not-for-profit association, but the members were small businesses who provided amazing experiences for people in accommodation, tours, uh, you name it. So... That was sort of my first experience of working with lots of small businesses on NAS. And I just remember one of the workshops that we used to run was called Starting Up in Tourism. And um, behind the scenes, we used to say that it was about if we could stop people from starting a business that was going to lose all their superannuation or cause, you know, major drama, then that was success. And I, and I think um, just because people can start a business doesn't mean they should necessarily do that. Sometimes mm. it's good to go down a different path. So I think that that initial experience in tourism really helped me understand that um, maybe people have to go away and have some other experiences before they're ready to start a business that uh, can sometimes be all-consuming. And, and as you know as well, a lot of your listeners as well, running your own business can be all-consuming. Um, so, yeah, my initial sort of career started with an industry association in tourism. And then I worked at Ayers Rock Resort, um, which was an amazing experience too. Wow. Mm. I didn't know you worked at Ayers Rock. Yeah, yeah. I actually, um, in the days before the internet, um, when I, I wrote a handwritten letter when for my application. When you and I were children. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, and so I, I put in my letter as my opening sentence, oh, you'd be so proud of me, Jane, with your copywriting skills. I said, I'm the sort of person that no matter where I am in the world, people stop and ask me for directions. <laughs> Perfect, Sal. I love it. 
Boom, done. Yeah, and so um, and they loved that, and and they figured they were pretty good qualities to be in guest relations. And so I was really fortunate that um, the person who was doing the recruiting was a, a former exchange student from Rotary, and I also was an exchange student, so we had something in common there. But um, I think um, our initial starting of our own business with Rob and I really came from wanting to be of service to people, and I think that uh, my background initially in tourism was a big part of that. Um, and so our first business together was actually coaching and supporting Airbnb hosts. Yes, which you were very successful at. And I was thinking of you the other day because a friend of mine is a like Airbnb person. And I thought, oh, but I, I know you don't do that anymore. We don't, no. Uh, just tell me, I'd love to hear about your learnings from that because Airbnb is such a new sort of business but one that some people are incredibly successful at and other people just sort of try it and it doesn't quite go so well. So what do you think like all the different sort of personality factors that are at play with successful entrepreneurship? Well, I think it goes um, for people running any sort of business, whether it's a service-based business, a a bricks and mortar, that um, we really have to set our clients or our guests up for success. And by that, I mean, um, so the way that we started our own initial business um, was Rob and I met and then fell in love, decided to move in together. And um, I had an apartment in, um, in Melbourne and it has a fabulous view. And uh, a friend told me about Airbnb and I thought, oh, maybe what I could do is move in with Rob and then I could rent it on Airbnb. Oh, and give um, that a go, Jodie. Give that a go. <laughs> so, you know, we, we spent a couple of days zhuzhing and trips to Ikea and, you know, getting it all ready. Um, and I remember thinking again, back to sort of my initial tourism days that, I don't want to be bothered by people sending me WhatsApp messages in the middle of the night saying they don't know how to use something, right? So I I had to think about how we could sort of future-proof it. And so what we created, and and Rob designed this fabulous house manual, which was sort of all the things that we knew about the apartment and, you know, our favourite coffee shops and and things like that. And so we put it all in, in this amazing manual and printed it out and had it in the apartment. And so then what we decided to do was because the guests um, were coming from all parts of the world, we needed to also make it super easy for them to check in. So we started using images to show people, you know, this is where you turn, this is, you know, where the car space is, all that sort of stuff. What we found was that not only did people feel really special and, and were delighted by that and the personal touches we did, like handwritten welcome letters and things like that, that um, we didn't get calls in the middle of the night from people not knowing how to do things. <laughs> and what, what we found was that people uh, were asking us how to do it. How did we set this up? Um, and it was literally a friend said, oh, a friend of mine wants to rent out their place. Could you help them? And I had a, fr- a cup of coffee. At that stage, I'd left my full-time role as a CEO of a not-for-profit. I was very, very burnt out. Didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And then suddenly I was having all these cups of coffee. And we were like, um, actually, you know, we're spending a lot of time telling people how to do this. Maybe we could turn this into a business. And that's how it started. Amazing. Because it's... In marketing, we always talk about surprise and delight, surprise and delight and customer experience. And people go, oh, you know, how am I going to do that? And it's really not that hard. Yeah. It's just people want to feel a bit special. Yeah. And it's nice to feel special. Mm-hmm. 
and I love working with clients about thinking about how ways you can do that with people. And it is that personalization. People want to see, see, feel seen and heard and voila. Exactly. And I think too, what is quite amazing about this model of, of Airbnb that's now sort of global and huge is that, um, you know, this notion of connecting with a local or living like a local. And I think in our businesses, um, there's always opportunities to delight people um, with the small things. And it could be as simple as sending handwritten cards, uh, remembering somebody's significant event or birthday, celebrating their business anniversary, um, you know, noticing when people have successes and, and um, you know, being generous with compliments genuinely. Mm. Um, mm. I think, you know, that, that doesn't take effort. It, it doesn't cost anything, no. but people do remember it and they feel, um, as you say, heard um, and, and noticed. And mm. I think we all want to connect with other people and sort of be part of a community. And the only way you can do that is by fostering it yourself. Mm. And I think that the last 12, 14 months have really demonstrated that importance of connection with other people. And I spoke about it actually in a, a pod last week about people are moving away from those evergreen funnels and they want to feel intimately connected with people because connection is one of our hierarchy of human needs. And yep. when you make people feel connected, they, they will go the extra mile to give you a review or, 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 or listen to your podcast or watch your YouTube video or leave your review, whatever. And it, it, it just has returns in spades. Like it's just, and it makes you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And one thing we noticed, especially uh, working with small businesses during the bushfire recovery in our region, um, pardon me, in East Gippsland and then uh, COVID recovery is that I think, you know, people are so busy spinning their wheels or or busy trying to, you know, do all the things that they sometimes forget about the thing that lights them up, about what they enjoy, about their business. Um, And I think a lot of the work we do is helping people reconnect with that purpose and about what, what is it that, that is the legacy they want to leave. And I don't mean necessarily, you know, in, in 50 years time, but even um, being able to, Think about the the no-cost, low-cost things you can do that just are out of kindness um, and help people, um, yeah, feel feel connected. And, um, you know, we noticed a lot of people were trying to do, you know, Facebook ads and and things where they felt awkward because they didn't want to sell at a time where people maybe didn't have the funds to buy. But, you know, we said to a lot of our clients, uh, especially about business planning, that, you know, when was the last time you picked up the phone just to say hi yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to your clients, not to oh, sell them anything, just to see how they're going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I got, I, I'm not a phone caller, admittedly, I'm an emailer, but um, due to the fact I usually have children yelling in the background, but I just emailed a client this morning and she's in America. So it's awkward anyway, but she's just emailed me back. She's like, I'm just getting into bed. Um, you know, thank you for being a cheerleader of mine. And that's all people oh. like, you know, that little support, you know, just one line checking in, how are you going? Um, yeah. You know, and that's all people need to feel that connection. And it doesn't have to be high cost. It just is high, higher touch, but it's not that investment. So it's, exactly. yeah, it's a lovely way to serve people in business as well. 
Yeah. And I think we, we've just come across this notion of unscalable conversations through um, some workshops we've been doing um, for our own development um, with uh, Wake Up to Freedom, which is this, this really fantastic program. And um, unscalable conversations, meaning that, you know, they're tailored. And, um, you know, I found that, again, you know, some of the things that we do really resonate for people and, and, you know, leaving audio messages or, and it's not about sort of bombarding people or encroaching on their space, but um, genuinely checking in to see how they're doing. And it's, it's funny that sometimes people say, oh, I was just thinking of you the other day or, yeah. you know, um, and I think, you know, it, that's not a sales strategy, right? That's, that's, um, that's service. a nurturing and just yeah. sort of service strategy. Exactly. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's a, it's anyway, it's a beautiful way to run a business. I love it. I subscribe to it myself. So you and Rob, who's mm. lovely, um, have, uh, I hate to work, use the word pivot, but pivoted into this drought and bushfire recovery, COVID recovery. Mm. So how was that for you to make that switch from your old business to, cause that's very local as well, especially around here. Yep. Yeah, well, I guess our initial business, the, the Airbnb side of things, was really for the first three years um, of our time together. Uh, and then we realised that um, we were high, highly reliant on a platform that we had no control over. Mm. And um, and we were working with clients all across the globe. And, you know, we'd spoken at Airbnb Opens around the world and met the founders. You know, it was quite an amazing journey. And, you know, we have lots of lovely friends and, and um, memories about that. But we really wanted to do things that we could um, do from anywhere. Um, but also um, we were really mindful that, um, you know, a lot of the programs out there for small businesses were, on uh, um, I guess, you know, pitching at, at a level where it's either entry level or startup mm. or, you know, people who were um, going to workshops and seminars that, you know, really weren't helping them advance and grow. And I think, you know, when we were looking for um, what was out there and, you know, where, where's our superpower, what could we offer and do, we realised that Rob's background in technology and sales are pretty amazing superpowers. I mean, mm -hmm. and his perspective on um, sales being of service and um, helping people really understand, you know, the, the simple steps they can take um, it, is really unique. Um, I think sometimes a lot of people overcomplicate it. Um, and I guess for me, you know, I was also thinking about what could we do with the skills that we have that could be of service to our community. Mm. Um, and um, certainly we've been very fortunate to be able to work with some amazing um, businesses uh, at, at, who have been impacted by bushfires in different ways. You know, some people sadly lost everything. Mm. Some people um, lost all their customers because, you know, people couldn't travel. Everybody's been impacted in some shape or form. Mm. We Everybody all have in East Gippsland everybody. Mm. Um, and so um, I think what we recognised that was important was to allow people to, to just talk and be heard yeah. and not try and fix things, you know, um, and people have amazing inner resilience and resources, but at times of distress and difficulty, it's hard to tap into them. Um, and so, you know, I guess we've helped people focus on the things that matter for them um, and give people support to take action, not get overwhelmed by, you know, the bajillion things to do, but <laughs> what's the one or two things to do? One thing to do tomorrow. Yep. And the day after that, and you, you know, 
I keep talking about, I keep coming back to Atomic Habits in this. Oh, I love that book. I love that book. Just one, yeah. one, one percent every day. And yeah. just, and, and that it's interesting. You talk about um, not trying to fix things. Mm. It's when you have conversations with people and you go, now are we, are we in solution mode or are we yes. in listening mode? And sometimes people just need listening mode, but I exactly. always dive into solution mode. That's I right. do too. <laughs> and, and I'm more aware of it now. And so, you know, I will often ask people, um, you know, what, what do you need from me? Yeah. And, 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 you know, that I found a helpful question because sometimes people will say, I just need you to listen, listen. or, or sometimes it's, you know, I've got this big bundle of mess and I just don't know really where to, you know, find the, the, um, the thread. Um, mm. So, you know, something I, I'm very good at is actually taking a lot of chaotic information and, and thoughts and helping people make sense of it. Um, and I've realised that actually in our business planning work, it, that is a superpower because often people have no shortage of ideas, right? Yeah. No shortage of to-dos. My no shortage job, of shiny objects. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, I, I always like to challenge people in a gentle way, uh, sometimes in a little bit more forthright way. To I say, cannot imagine you being f- ah. too harsh. <laughs> no, never harsh, but but honest. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes people um, tell themselves stories about this um, incredible amount of things that they can get through in a day, but actually, is it really the things that matter? And, and, you know, is it actually going to make you money? It, mm. Is it going to make you enough money to live the lifestyle that you want and to do what you need? Um, and often the case is no, especially a lot of women in business. We find people generally, um, women tend to really undercharge. And so, you know, uh, I, I, that really is something that we, we help try and give people an understanding of um, what their true value and, and, um, and their worth because mm, mm. it's interesting isn't it because we do we get so caught up in the busyness of business that we feel if we're busy we're productive and we're not or like i always say do the money making tasks first yes it's easy to faff around and go i'm being very, i'm very busy yeah but are you being productive is that you know increasing your cash flow and it's hard when you're in your business and that's why having someone from the outside looking in is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find that all mentors have mentors and all coaches have coaches. And yep. we all need that outside perspective, whether it's a group or an individual. It's so valuable. Yeah, so 100%. And you can't see the gold in your business. Yeah, that's right. And, and I was just working with someone the other day who's a copywriter who, um, it, you know, is incredible and, and has amazing skills that I don't have. And, you know, when I, I was listening to the transformation she creates and uh, the difference she makes for her clients and in a fairly simple process, you know, it's not months and months of work. And, you know, I said to her, if you, if you think about this, if you can help people with get this result, uh, quickly like you can um, it's actually worth more to people because then they don't have to spend hours and hours mm-hmm. um, and it actually has more of a worth um, than you realize and and the other thing we did was um, sort of mapped out the effort involved and what she realized by mapping out the effort and by that I mean the time and the correspondence and all that jazz she realized that she was sort of overservicing them um, and that she had, there were actually some ways she could streamline things to make it easy for the client to get on board 
easier for her to deliver and easier for them to be able to then implement her solutions to, you know, improve their, their tone of voice and other things in their business. But um, when we, when we looked at it as a package, she could charge double for it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's so funny that thing of most times you go to a coach or a mentor and they go okay your price is right you need to double them and it's so often you go mm. you just and you go what yep and you just are in that headspace you're in a habit of undercharging yep but do you find how do you find challenging people's mindsets around what they can charge well i think one of the the issues for a lot of uh entrepreneurs is um if they're not paying themselves a wage and that's one of the first questions we ask when we're working with people, because if you're not paying yourself a wage, um, you don't feel a sense of self-worth that you're doing all this effort and you're not getting anything in return. And often people don't then value their own time. Mm. And so by unpacking that, we can then say, well, what things in your business are you doing that are not the best use of your time or skills? Or it could be outsourced to a bookkeeper, a VA, or multiple people. Um, and that you can then focus on the things that you're really good at. Mm -hmm. So I think that mindset of money or, or pricing is often at the root of, um, you know, we all have money mind blocks and things that we're all working through all the time. It's You're not there at a destination. You go, okay, tick yeah. that. Stuff. <laughs> I'm done. You're all over it. All over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think just by asking some simple questions to understand where people are at, but also to, um, you know, sometimes people haven't in their own business um, shopped around to see what other people are charging. And I don't mean other people in your niche. I mean, you know, purchasing other services from other people. And mm. what we find is, is quite fascinating is that sometimes people in uh, you know, just want someone to fill a hole, you know, I want someone just to help me with this, you know, little project. And we like to help people think more strategically about it. So, um, you know, if you're bringing someone in as a subcontractor or a virtual assistant, you know, what have you got in place that's not only going to make it easy, but also protect your intellectual property, confidentiality agreements? You know, you don't have to overbake the cake, but there's a lot of loosey-gooseys out there, you know, with a very handshake arrangements or I've met in a Facebook group and off you go. So I think, you know, that rigour, that you can bring to your business about professionalizing mm -hmm. is also about protecting and um, making you have strong foundations to grow. Mm. And giving you the confidence then to know that if something does go wrong, you've got, you've got a leg to stand on effectively. You've got to protect yourself because you are the golden goose in your business. Yes. So that, that is so incredibly valued. So valuable. So how do you, obviously you are in business with your life partner. How mm -hmm. do you manage your life as an entrepreneur? That must be such a blurry boundary. I know just me working my business at home. Yeah. Your backdrop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it looks great by the way. Nice yeah, lighting I, too. <laughs> I, I inherited Jodie's uh, lighting and backdrop setup. Um, <laughs> she helped me look more professional. So how do you manage your, your life as an entrepreneur? Uh, look, I have to say initially when I left full-time employment as a, as a CEO of a not-for-profit, I really struggled with being self-employed or, or um, as an entrepreneur. I, I had no boundaries about time. I had um, no routines. 
no rituals, no um, focus. <laughs> um, and uh, Rob was a lot more adaptive and, and better at that because he had worked on, on his own um, out in business beforehand. So, you know, he was a, a bit more, he was definitely more advanced than me. So I think my initial sort of um, approach was uh, just bouncing around and doing lots of things and lots of activity. Mm. Um, and that was exhausting um, and it didn't make us a lot of money. And, and when I, I guess, you know, there are a couple of ahas where we, we really thought, well, you know, and actually it was our accountant who said to us, you know, if you two don't take this seriously, you might as well go and get a job. <laughs> no, don't make me go and get a job. <laughs> I know. I was like, no, no. Um, and then, you know, that was a good, it was like a dad moment, you know, yeah, that, 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 that advice where you're like, okay, we need to sort of really smarten up. And that was many years ago. And since then um, we also realized that, we didn't want to be spinning our wheels. So we, we had to really focus in on what we're good at, really good at, and what can we replicate and not doing bespoke work and, uh, you know, big quotes and tenders and all that sort of jazz. We just don't do that. And so now we've got two or three key products that we know works, we enjoy doing, and that um, gets results for our clients. And so that has really helped us um, narrow down our offerings. Um, and the other thing that's really helped me in particular was um, blocking out time in my calendar. Uh, we use Acuity as uh, one of our tools where yeah. people can schedule time, uh, similar to Calendly, yeah. which is one that you use. And, and that's been a game changer too, because again, you know, we can really set our times of when we're available, when we're doing deep focused work, when we're doing coaching and, and a lot of our clients like yours, Jane, um, you know, might not have time to actually work on their business during business hours. Mm. So the thing that was a real, um, you know, awareness for me was that we were doing a lot of session, mentoring sessions outside of business hours on my weekends or workshops but then we're working seven days a week mm. Been there. and you know, it's not fun, not fun at all. Um, no. And again, we had to say, yes, we need flexibility um, and that's important to us and, and to our clients. But that also means that we have to have tight boundaries about when we stop work. Yeah. And so we work from home um, and we've got a, an office space that is sort of like a rumpus room. Um, but as you know, when it's home time, Literally, we turn the lights off, turn the computers off, shut the sliding doors and we're out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think those boundaries, and especially around communication with clients, mm. really important. And if you, if someone messages you at eight o'clock on a Sunday, you have every right not to message them back. And, and that was a really difficult thing for me in the start when I was starting out. And, you know, just because someone demands your attention doesn't mean you have to give them your attention yeah. and protecting your energy and your focus, because if you're burning yourself out, like we do in the, in the mm -hmm. early days and do that seven days a week, yeah. again, you're the golden goose in your business. It's a really, really fast path to, to burnout. And if you just come off this really hard role as a CEO, mm -hmm you know, you would have been winding back up again and then you could have, you know, it's a, it's can be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. You're, you're so right. And I think I also learned that, and this is something that we, we talk about with our clients is that, you know, we like to give as well, you know, we like to volunteer and do pro bono things and, yeah. you know, there's, there's no shortage of need. 
No. Um, but there's a shortage of time and energy. And so, um, again, what works for us and, and we sort of recommend to other people to consider is allowing and blocking time to, to do some pro bono activity or, mm. um, you know, contra deals or, or sort of something like that that is still valuable and uses your skills um, and especially for community groups or volunteer groups who can't afford the, the, the full paid work, um, but limiting it. I had a call the other day from someone who wants me to MC a conference and they are fantastic to work with and I love what they do and, you know, it's fabulous. Um, and I, I allocate time to do something like that but there's a threshold, right? Yeah. And so what that enables me to do, instead of people ringing me and contacting me and saying, oh, please, please, can you do it? And then trying to sob storm me, and, you know, and then I get all <laughs> yeah. sort of, oh, I should help everybody and rescue. I go, actually, I'm really sorry, but I've allocated my time and I've used that this year, mm. but you might like to go to this website where there's some other volunteers who might be able to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do exactly the same. I'm like, you know, I have mm. allocated pro bono per year. I always do it. But I'm sorry yeah. if you come to me after that last, like after the project's done, you have to wait till next year. And, and you do have yeah. to protect yourself like that because you can't rescue all the kittens, which is what I said to you the other day. <laughs> yes. You can't rescue all the kittens. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's, yeah. but also that pro bono work is giving back. We have skills. Yeah. We have a responsibility to our community and our society to give back. So kudos to yeah. you. Jody, um, so what does a great day in the office look like for you? Oh well, it, it should probably have some, you know, other routines in there, like you know, morning pages and you know, lemon water and uh, you know, walks and things like that. But I don't do any of that. <laughs> no, do I get up? I have coffee. I work. <laughs> me too. Me too. So yeah, it definitely involves coffee. Um, yeah, we start work about you know nine o'clock. Um, uh, do do a few of our sort of own um, projects in the morning when we're fresh. Mm. Uh, usually um, a client workshop of two or three hours on Zoom. Um, and write up the outcomes of that as soon as we finish so while it's fresh. Um, and um, we do a number of sales activities that includes, you know, following up on people who've made inquiries um, and developing up new products and services. And, and what I find is really interesting is when you start to really listen into the problems people want solved, that, you know, sometimes we've already come up with a really good solution that's, you know, going to help them straight away. So mm. um, I, I like to really listen quite intensely about uh, what are really the troubles that people are having or the things that, are, that they need support in because uh, sometimes it's quite a simple solution. Mm. And uh, another ideal part of our day would be going out for breakfast somewhere. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then, you know, self-care is important. So um, we definitely book, you know, massages and things like that where we, you know, to look forward to and, and you know, ensure that we are um, looking after ourselves as well. Yeah, rewards are important and it's interesting um, because I like to go like if I hit this then I get to do that and I think that booking in in time for you is a business development activity but mm -hmm. <laughs> you talk about listening about to people's problems I always talk to clients about what are your FAQs there's gold yeah. in FAQs and yeah. you know it can be really simple stuff or you listen to FAQs about um, barriers to sale 
and mm-hmm. addressing them, you know, really upfront, either in your social or your website, you know, that they can be gold too. So that listening to, in a, in a different type of way to your clients is really valuable in terms of informing sales. Anyway, I could talk about that all day. What you've mentioned acuity. So what, what are your favorite tools in business? Oh, I'm a big, we're both big fans of, of different um, technology solutions. Um, so our all-time favourite is Asana for project managements and tasks. Uh, in fact, after this podcast interview today, I'm doing a demonstration for um, the X Factor Collective, which is a social impact group, um, just on how we onboard clients and, and use their forms in Asana. Um, which is a really neat feature if uh, people aren't utilising it and forms, you know, sometimes people have a Google form, they get clients to fill in as part of the intake. Um, but with using Asana forms, it goes right into, um, into the, the platform itself and you can have it all in one spot. Um, Acuity for scheduling uh, client appointments, um, that's a game changer. We've been using that for years, especially in different time zones. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. it's, I- I, time is one of those things I can't work out. And mm-hmm. I go, look, here's my calendar. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's interesting, you know, a lot of people in the social enterprises and, and um, not-for-profits uh, who are not familiar with it, you know, small business owners are a bit more familiar with it, with, you know, the book me button on Facebook and things yeah. like that. Um, other tools, well, we use um, Google products, um, mm. Gmail, Google Drive. Uh, we've got a really good backup system um, so that uh, we've got access to our files no matter where we are, but we've also got backups in case there's any cyber issues. Yes. Um, which is very important. IT manager. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Zoom, of course, um, you know, that's a, My favorite. A, a game changer. Um, yeah. And, and I, I was saying to someone recently that, uh, you know, we started working remotely before it was a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, or a necessary thing um, with uh, other, other, you know, global pandemic situations. Mm. Um, the other tools we use, um, well, particularly calendar blocking. Um, yeah. So that's a big thing that, that really helps me keep focused and um, really get, be very productive. Mm. Um, we use zero for our counting, uh, which we love. That's super easy. Who thought we'd ever be talking about how much we love accounting software, but here we are. That's right. Well, actually, you know, previ- when we first started our, our first business, um, we went and saw my previous accountant and I say previous cause you know, I had to, had to um, break up with him because uh, you know, the worst advice I was given was, oh, okay, you're just a small business and you're just starting out using Excel spreadsheet. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, that, that's that, not uh, efficient. No. No. And really what he was saying is I don't like and use these software products. So you should just use what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. Cause it will make my life easier. <laughs> That's correct. Not what's going to make my life easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, so That's not yeah. service. <laughs> not a service. Yeah. Lovely man, but you know, pretty old school. So um, yeah, zero is, is fantastic. And I, I guess I'd really encourage lots of your listeners as well um, on the podcast because, um, you know, a lot of people think that they're not good at money or, or you know, managing bookkeeping things. And we, we outsourced our bookkeeping um, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I still raise invoices and do our payroll, but mm. you know, there are some really neat things that they can do as well. So 
Um, yeah, I, I, I love that. And, and we love automations. We're, we're at yeah. the point in our business where we're now starting to move um, and expand from the one-on-one client work or, or group work to some more digital products. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's a, we've been looking at, you know, different options there in terms of platforms for um, uh, online learning and things too. So mm, that's exciting. Interesting. I love an online learning. I, I used to be on Thinkific. And mm-hmm. now I'm on Member Vault because it's very yep. simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many options out there for LMS, learning management software systems. Anyway, yep. so many. Integrate with your website, do all sorts of things. I was looking at one this morning for a client. But anyway, so mm. one of the things that I always ask is one of the things that affects most entrepreneurs I know is imposter syndrome. So what are your methods to overcome this and how do you respond to the bad days in business? Cause we all have them despite how shiny we are on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. Imposter syndrome for me is probably um, thinking that we need to do more work on something to make it better. Mm. And in fact, um, you know, maybe over baking the cake, um, and that it's not good enough or people might think that I'm, we're not delivering, you know, enough value or, or you know, it, it might not be um, solving all their problems. And I think what's helped me overcome that is really to think about, well, sometimes people actually just appreciate being heard and that if we can help instill confidence within them for them to take action, then everything else is a possibility, right? But if we don't hold space for people, if we don't support them in a way and and to help them take imperfect action, then they're not going to get the results. And so when I say that out loud, I go, oh, I should really take that advice myself. (laughs) (laughs) FYI me. (laughs) So, yeah, and I'm I'm not a, a perfectionist. I really am not. But sometimes I think, but I could keep adding and adding and adding. Yeah. But actually, sometimes that makes it too complex. Yep. Mm. In there, done that. Yep. And it's hard because that, I think, is a reflection on often we, we over underprice things and then we try mm. to value stuff them. Mm. Ah, value stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're trying mm. to put more and more into things so we're justifying the pricing to ourselves when, mm. in fact, we're overcomplicating the solution for our clients. And in fact, if yep. it's a simple solution, they go, oh yeah, I can actually clearly see how I would get an outcome from that. Therefore I get there quicker. Like you're talking about earlier with your client. Mm-hmm. Therefore it has more value for me. Yep. To me. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. So how do you maintain your sense of community in business? Uh, I think it's about making time to catch up with with other entrepreneurs um, and, you know, it could be a Zoom chat, it could be face-to-face, you know, depending on our proximity. But I think it's about making time to, to just check in and, 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 you know, care and spend time together. I think that's really important. Um, and I used to think that networking events and things like that were sort of lots of activity and sort of busyness. But I've realised that I do get a lot of energising from being, you know, in a room full of people. Um, not all the time. You know, I, yeah. I am quite introverted. So, you know, there are times where I'll go, I've had my fix and then I'll come home again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to go back to my cave now. See ya. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I, I do enjoy um, 
that sense of community where you have these random conversations with people. And it could be, you know, um, at a coffee station in a, at an event, or it could be just, you know, in the, in the bathrooms when you're coming and going, you know, yeah. or you're just out of the car and you just bump into someone and just get chatting. And, and I like those random conversations that may never go beyond that, but it's about, um, you know, just feeling connected with other people and, and knowing that, um, there are lots of amazing people all on their own journey and, um, you know, there's always things to learn and, um, there, and there's also people who, who are interested in, um, thinking about how, how they could show up and, and sort of maybe be a bit more involved in, in community. So I like to sort of think about ways that we can help instill some confidence for people to step up and do something out of their comfort zone. (laughs) All comfort zone. Um, It's funny, you know, it's, it's, you can have a little conversation or a pep talk with someone at a conference or at an event and they go, my God, you've just changed my life. And you go, yeah, job done. I'm gone. (laughs) I had breakfast with some friends the other day and um, we were talking about, um, when you're in a situation where people keep piling on extra work, usually an employer type thing, but it can happen with clients. And I said, well, you know, really one of the things I like to say is if you'd like me to do this, what would you like me to stop doing? Mm-hmm. And the two of them looked at each other and, and was like a truth bomb. And they're like, Oh my God, <laughs> high five. And I was, <laughs> I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's gold. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. And that's that whole thing of sometimes you just need someone from the outside looking in and going, you know what? You don't have to do that. And you go, Oh, really? I yeah. give you permission. I give you permission. So um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what's your why? What keeps you motivated? And this probably goes with Rob and your whole business mm. ethos. Well, we, we love working together. I mean, this, this is something that we feel really blessed that we can do. Um, and that we actually really enjoy each other's company. Um, uh, yeah, which is a bonus. I mean, not all couples in business do. Um, no. uh, I do have a rule though, that, uh, you know, when it's time for bed, we don't talk about work, <laughs> but, um, I think our why is, is really sort of helping people, um, achieve their goals in whatever it is. Um, and, uh, and live a good life and not, not be working all the time. Um, and so, you know, my, my family ran, um, this, a small business, um, all of my life and, and did that really well with a lot of hard work, but also a lot of family time. And, and so I think our why is to help people, you know, live their best life, um, and, and earn the money that they want and do things that are creative and, and that light them up and that challenge them. Mm, I love that living a good life. Cause so often we, we start business to have freedom and it, mm does not work out that way. So yeah, I love that. So what are your tips then for all the smart women in business across the world? Oh, all the tips. Wow. (laughs) All your top tips. Top tips. (laughs) Um, If you're not paying yourself, you ought to be number one. Um, Even if it's a small, you know, amount to start with, I think that really helps you have a sense of achievement and self-worth and, and um, feel good about yourself um i think it's uh, my other top tip would be uh take time out of the week to work on the business Mm. um you know we help people with a pretty simple business planning approach and 
you know, there's no point doing something like that if you don't have time to implement, if you're only ever servicing clients' needs or responding to everyone else's needs. Mm. So work on the business um, is really important and take time out for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So thank you, Jodie. How can listeners find out more about you and your work? Thank you. I really enjoyed talking it's with you, fun. Jane. Thank it's you fun. so much. Um, so, yeah, uh, listeners can go to happychangemakers.com um, is our website or Happy Changemakers on Facebook. Um, and if people have things that they want to know or questions, we're happy to answer them um, at any time. Uh, not, not on the couch while we're watching Married at First Sight, though. Yeah, which I still haven't caught up on, but it's all right. I've got MasterChef to watch now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jodie. I'll put your links in the show notes so everyone can find you. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Smart Women in Business podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe.